Yo, what's the haps? <laughs> Do you like my cool kid lingo? I um, felt like it was appropriate because now I am in the club, meaning clubhouse. And if my 15-year-old hears this, he is going to kill me. <laughs> I am very much kidding. The jury is still out on how I feel about Clubhouse and the whole Clubhouse platform in general, particularly because I really don't like the whole cool kids thing where you're in or you're out. I am personally way too uncool for that stuff. But I am currently participating in a little uh, experiment where I get together every other week with some awesome ladies who know a thing or three about photography, and we are all chatting in Clubhouse about... Uh, some topic or other that's relevant to either the art or the business of photography. But because I don't like the fact that it's a members-only, invite-only um, platform, at least at this point, I went ahead this past Friday and I recorded our conversation so that you could listen in. Now, I'm not going to be doing this all the time, but this particular day we had planned to talk about business tools and systems and resources, and I know that that is something that you guys appreciate. That's, you know, the sort of stuff that we talk about on the podcast as well. So I figured that for those of you who are not currently on Clubhouse, or if you are on Clubhouse and you didn't have a chance to join us, I would record this conversation so that you could kind of get a sense as to what it's all about. And it's a little bit long, so I cut off the relatively long-winded introductions in the beginning of all of us who are on there, but I will put those in the show notes. And I'm also linking all of the different resources and tools that we talk about in the conversation in the show notes. So you can check all of that out there, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin, and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it, and I can show you how. So as it turns out, recording a clubhouse conversation is a little tricky, and we missed the very first couple of sentences. But all you're missing here is that we introduced ourselves, um, which if you want links to everybody's information, you can see all those in the show notes. Um, and then we addressed the first question that had been sent in about that topic of the day, which was business tools. And someone had asked us to talk about our favorite productivity apps. I mean, is it sad that I don't know what a productivity app is? What's an example of a product? <laughs> I think that would be, you're not I think that would be like an Asana. I think yeah. that'd be like an like Asana. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would say like Asana is one. Evernote could also kind of fall into that. Anything that kind of helps you organize your thoughts, um, to-do lists, that kind of thing. So does I mean, anyone else see. still just type all of it into an iMac Notes app? No, am I the I still write everything down on a notebook. So if you want to go old school, that's me. Yeah. I mean, that's totally an option. I have, you know, 10 different notebooks sitting here next to me that are um, half full. <laughs> I actually, I love, mine's not an app. I'm sure I have plenty of those if I 
really thought about it right now, but um, I literally have my physical form of productivity mm-hmm. app in front of me and I use the full focus planner. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. And I love this because, and honestly, it has like, so, I don't utilize it to its maximum, you know, use or capacity here. Um, but the best thing possible is like, I felt like I, every time I started my day, I would, I had so many things. I know I did a lot, but I would end my day thinking, well, what did I do? Did I actually accomplish anything? Um, and this is just like writing it in a notes app or on, you know, a sticky note or something. But the fact that it's in one book and it's all organized for you, it, it has these top three things of the day that you need to get done. And I feel so much better about like my productivity if I can check those three things off each day. So uh, that's my goal pretty much every day is that these three top lines that I, are items I have to do in the day. And then I am a physical writer. I still love to like, there's something very satisfying about checking and crossing off. Um, so this is my best tool right now. I will second the full focus planner. I love my full focus planner. Um, however, I do feel like if at any point you get to a place in your business where you have outsourced to another person or you're working with a VA or a studio manager or something like that, um, it is good to have sort of a an online version as well. So I am still every day using my full focus planner. Um, and I love that in particular for like weekly planning too. Um, but I have also started to adopt um, Asana. So I'm using that to not only keep myself on track, but also communicate with my small team um, that helps me with the podcast and all the education stuff. So it's sort of like a, a hybrid method. Guys, yeah. we have a question real quick. Um, Carolina or Carolina, you can correct me when you pop on. I am adding you to the front. So you should be able to chat in just a second and let us know what your question or comment is. It looks like she's coming. I think there we go. Okay. Hi, Carolina. Hi guys. How are you doing today? Hi. Hi. So good. So good to see you here. Awesome. So I don't have a question about productivity, but I have a tip that I want to share if, you know, if, if, if it's okay. Of yes, course. please. So one of the things that keep me super productive is having kind of like a theme for my days. So let's say, for example, uh, you know, I run two business, right? I have my photography business and I have like my education business. So on Tuesdays, let's say I only focus about blogging. So I know that for four hours a day on every single Tuesday, I have to, you know, during these four hours, I have to either write a blog post or do research about future blog posts or get my images ready for upcoming blog posts or post an actual blog post that day. So like every day has a theme that has to be completed during the day. And then, you know, once that task is done, then I can, you know, start editing photos or, you know, answering emails, whatever the case is. But that has helped me uh, kind of like to stay focused in like one task that needs to happen, you know, to get the, the business moving forward. Carolina, that's, I love that. I do that some similarly. It kind of goes along with time blocking a little bit where you block out very specific time throughout the week for specific tasks like blogging or SEO work, or maybe it's updating your portfolio on your website. Um, Making specific time blocks for those throughout your week can be so helpful to have something to look forward to. So you know that there's time set aside for it. 
I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit in this. Like I, I, I like that, but then also like, how are you responding when there's still things that need to be dealt with in the business? Like clients emailing, this is happening. This is a problem, like whatever, like how is that? How are you moving through that time without allowing those things to take you off on a tangent and then you're doing three or four different topics at once. You know what I mean? Hang on guys. I have a quick message for you. Did you know that this can't be that hard? Isn't the only podcast I host each month. My marketing director, Dana and I team up to bring you a fresh injection of marketing ideas and inspiration on our other podcast called the consistency club. The podcast is free and available to any photographer looking to uplevel their marketing game, or you can take it one step further and join the Consistency Club, where you get the extended version of the podcast along with monthly email and social media templates, bonus trainings, and special access to the live marketing events we host twice a year. If you're interested in tuning in, you can search for and subscribe to the Consistency Club wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to join us in the membership, You can visit go.thiscantbethathard.com slash club to sign up. So, for example, a client obviously comes first, and those are the tasks that would happen after I, you know, focus my my time on, let's say, blogging, right? So, like, I'm always checking my email. It's not like, oh, I only check my emails on Mondays, right? What I'm talking about is, for example, let's talk about my podcast, right? I have a podcast, so only on Thursdays I focus on my podcast. Only on Thursdays I actually answer emails about my podcast. Only on Thursdays I look for other, you know, people in the industry that I want to talk to. So I'm not doing this on Mondays. I'm not doing this on Tuesdays because that will like split my day into like a bunch of, you know, different tasks that are actually consuming my day. Editing of photos could happen every single day. However, it's not a priority of the day. Let's go back to Tuesdays for blogging, right? I, you know, I start my day um, opening my email, making sure that nothing needs to be taken care of right away. And after I do that, I close my email. I don't check my email again. Then I move into blogging. Once I do, you know, my two, three hours or four hours of blogging, I close that task. I don't focus about blogging anymore during the week. And then I go back to like opening my email, making sure that, you know, no emails from clients are coming through. And then I move forward with like the rest of the day. What needs to be taken care? Do I need to edit? Do I need to send a gallery? Whatever needs to happen after that. But I think that the the, the teams for days are, are good. So like you are not like throughout the week working little by little in these little tasks that are consuming your day. I have one day just for accounting, right? So on a specific days, let's say it's a Wednesday, is the only day of the week that I'm focusing on my numbers. And by accounting, I don't mean like sending an invoice. I mean like maybe putting these, you know, the paid invoices into like my system for my accountant or, you know, finalizing any tax things or doing, you know, my sales tax thing. Something, you know, that's more of like what I'm talking about. Yeah. And I, I have a similar practice where I like every day will, I take a piece of paper and I split it down the middle. And on my left hand side, I write down every task that could possibly be done today. And they all might be in different priorities. So maybe one is emails, what maybe one is like, oh, I need to put together a blog post for that or send this email, or finish writing this for my website. Just any like, I call it my big list. So it's my big list of any task that I could possibly fit into my schedule. And then on the right hand side of the paper, I slowly fill in those tasks on like a timeline through the through the day of when I can try and fit those in with some padding, of course, because I'm still going to be looking back at my email to make sure nothing's urgent or nothing needs to be completed. 
But built into that is all the people that might have editing coming up that I need to finish up. Or maybe there's an album design that needs to be finished or, you know, edited or things like that. Um, I think time blocking can be good and bad in both ways. Like we're saying, Jess, it's hard to like block out that time and not do anything else because that's impossible. You work for yourself. You have a lot of things on your plate. Um, But I feel like at least trying to put your mind in one place at a time can help you kind of get hyper-focused during that little time break. Yeah, I'm kind of similar to you, Amy, where I have like a big list and then I will uh, lump things together. But for me, time blocking works really well if it's like in two hour increments. So like if I do like what Carolina says, I blog once a month. And so I will set aside, you know, a few hours to do that. And I know that when I'm blogging, I'm not looking at my email. I'm literally not, nothing else is open. I have um, like a timekeeper app that is like keeping me focused. I have my earbuds in, I'm only doing that. And then when I finish that two hour block or three hour block, then I go into my email. Then I, you know, will do other things from my list, but that's what keeps me from going back and forth and back and forth is the literally one task at a time. But I don't ever have, a full day where I have, I don't allow myself to get into my inbox or to do other things that come up because you're right. Like stuff comes up. I have a question, Sabrina. So with this, so, and I'm just kind of like trying to scratch a little bit deeper for all of our sake and myself is so when, so let's say you're having, cause we talked about this offline recently of like mm-hmm. when you have your blog writing day and let's say you didn't you the two hour block. Cause I used mm-hmm. to do two hour blocks and then I would find that I didn't, it actually took me longer right. to accomplish what I had thought I could. And then I was like, mm-hmm. well, shit. So does that mean that now it's pushed to next Tuesday and I don't touch it again? Or Amy, you know, you and I were just doing bookkeeping stuff recently. And I'm like, oh, I actually didn't complete my QuickBooks task. So am I shelving that until the following week? Or because then the time block thing is like, oh, now it's bumping right. other things back because things actually often for so, me take longer than yeah. I anticipate. So I think, and, and when you are just, when you are just like dipping your toes into trying to be successful with time blocking, that happens a lot because you don't know how long tasks actually take you, right? You are just taking kind of a stab in the dark. Um, but I, th- I think what a lot of people and a lot of my students are the same way. Um, if you don't have empty space on your calendar for things to overflow and to be like the catch-all, if you are literally trying to book every single hour and plan every single hour of every single day, you are going to just constantly be behind and constantly be trying to catch up. There has to be hours of space every week that nothing is planned for so that you do have overflow so that you can make sure to get the things that have to get done that week done. Does that make sense? Yeah, I was just totally. going to... Yeah, I was also going to say to kind of bring it back to tools that we use and stuff like that. I think that um, what you guys were talking about, about like, well, I like to keep an eye on my email in case something important comes in. Um, You know, we're not physicians on call here. Like, yep, there (laughs) there are are no emergencies. (laughs) There are very few emergencies. Um, And so one of the and I, I say this like do as I say, not as I do, because I am, I'm, I am actively trying to get better about the amount of task switching that I tend to do. I have like a thousand tabs open all the time and all that. But like, I do think that in some ways that's a habit. So again, I'm not saying in any way that I'm perfect at this, but one of the things, 
If you're paranoid about not responding, for instance, to an inquiry fast enough, do any of you guys use Zapier at all? I do. Okay. I, kind I of, just yeah. started. One of the yeah, things that zap. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, one of, one of the things, no, 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 and Coley, you can jump in on this too, but like one of the things that I like to use Zapier for is actually having Zapier send me a text when certain things happen. So if somebody filled in a contact form on your um, website and you had your email closed, you would still get a ping on your phone saying somebody has reached out with an inquiry. So that could be set up. Yeah, but then also, if you do, you know, Coley, don't get Coley started. You should have something that automatically goes to them. I'm just waiting. Explaining <laughs> explaining what happens and that you will give them a real email within 24 hours, la, 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 so that you don't have to respond immediately. Because, again, what urgent, like, what really needs an immediate response? Like, if there's an emerg- a true emergency with your client, they're going to text you or call you. True. And Anami, I was going to say, I feel like we might want to explain a little bit of what Zapier is just for prosperity's sake. <laughs> um, I think it's something that is, can be so daunting when you look at it, but it's something that's so useful in so many different ways. And I'm just now realizing all the different ways I can use it. Yeah, sure. so that's what I always tell people about Zapier is that, you know, you can sign up for a free plan and it's, I think it lets you do up to like 10 zaps or I don't know what it is or it runs a certain number of times per month or something like that, but it's pretty substantial. Like you can certainly get your toes wet and figure out whether that's a, pro- a, um, a tool that you're gonna actually use. But the thing that Zapier does is it basically connects pieces of software that don't natively talk to each other. So, you know, for instance, if you get an email, it can send you a text or if you're um, or if money hits your bank account, it can, uh, you know, funnel, I actually don't use it for banking stuff. So now I'm like talking out of my butt, but you can, you can do it for a whole bunch of different things. And what I found was that I started really slowly. I set up one zap in the beginning and then like over time it would occur to me like, Oh, I could use Zapier for this. And, um, that was how I got started. But I do know that Coley also uses it. Maybe she could jump in on this. The biggest thing that I do is every once in a while, there is no CRM that's perfect. And so I think three times in the last three years that I've used Dubsado, there's actually been a lead that hit my account that I did not get the email for. I mean, and the only reason that I noticed them was because I happened to go into my CRM and was like, oh, that's a new project lead. Um, So after that, I made it to where Zapier will send me a text message and an email because I like both of them to be done um, every time I get a lead. But as Sabrina said, there is no emergency when someone contacts you for a photo session. You should make sure that you acknowledge that you have received their lead, but that can be done in any CRM on the planet with an autoresponder um, to the lead. Awesome. Um, I'm going to use Zapier for, or anybody. I just, I just signed up, so I would love to hear more I, about what you guys use it for. Same, same, same. Yeah, I used it with when I, so I've been like switching back and forth between what I'm going to organize my business with, um, as I was telling Coley the other day. Uh, but my Zapier hooks up my Asana to a text and my Calendly. So everything was attached to each other. So like when somebody booked in Asana or in Calendly, a shoot, it would send a task list to my Asana and a message to my studio manager in Slack with all the information in it. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't just be in one place. It would kind of send all the information to all the different places that it needed to go. And it really, when you go in and look, it really is like 
unending the things you can do with it because you can hook it up to almost anything, any app, any software, any website you can think of pretty much. Um, and so I am really, when Anami was talking about banking, I'm like, oh crap, I need to look into that. Cause that sounds like something I might be into. Um, and it's, I feel like I'm never going to know everything that it actually does. <laughs> it took a while to actually like wrap my head around it, but it really like the trigger points that it sets up between apps can be really useful. I just, um, signed up for it because I wanted people who filled out my contact form to automatically go into my newsletter list. Oh, yes, you, you can connect it between because um, you did it from Dubsado. The only yeah, thing Dubsado that I would to you about is that Dubsado really needs a thing where you can say if they opt in, then yes, you send them. There's no way to do that right now. But um, that is a very popular one. The other thing is if anybody I in the audience... somebody emails me there, I mean, they can just unsubscribe. Like I know there's laws around email lists, but if you've emailed me, you shouldn't be surprised if you get an email from me. <laughs> um, so I was going to have us go into another topic just because we're already almost halfway through our hour. Um, I was going to lead us straight into CRM and we don't have to get super in-depth. I don't know who wants to chime in on this. I think a lot of us use a few different CRMs, um, but this kind of goes along with our productivity and how we keep our business running smoothly. So Coley, I'm going to let you start off on this one and tell us what you use and why you love it. Well, the funny thing is, um, most of us on the on the stage right now all use Dubsado. <laughs> there are two of us that I have not converted yet, but I'm working. Thanks on. to you. Um, but I used Dubsado. I did use Seventeen Hats in the beginning, and then I went to Tave for a year, and I loved Tave. It just wasn't pretty enough for me, so I finally landed on Dubsado um, for the design customization. But I'm a big fan of saying. For the majority of it, I don't care what CRM you have as long as you are maximizing what you could get out of the CRM that you're paying for. Because I just know I come across a lot of people that are not using their CRMs to the fullest capability. You know, they're not using auto emails. They're not using a three-step process where they accept a quote, sign a contract, and pay you the invoice. People are sending multiple emails when almost all of the CRMs that I'm familiar with now don't require that. So if you have not given yourself like a self audit in the last six months to figure out if you are using all of the features that your CRM offers, this is me telling you to do that now. Holly, tell us what CRM stands for, because every time we talk about these things, people ask. <laughs> CRM is client. Well, actually, it's either customer or client, depending on how you refer to people. But it's a client relationship manager. So in other words, it's just the piece of software that helps you keep track of all of your client, mostly communications, but also payments. And you can do some workflow kind of stuff to see where people are in your client experience. Right. And I would say that, that a CRM is the biggest game changer. Like of all business tools, when I finally got a CRM, I mean, I think I'd been in business maybe seven years when I got one and it was it's such a game changer oh, yeah. to I totally have all that agree with you automated Pumsy. and to like not just have your email template saved in a google doc but like you know having your whole workflow it felt so overwhelming to me that I never wanted to spend the time to set it up um and I'll just plug Coley's class now because <laughs> I had one for years and I did take the time to set it up but then I saw how pretty Dubsado was and Coley uh convinced me to switch and I took her class and it was so easy to set it up um using you know her tools I was gonna jokingly start the call today saying that my favorite business tool is Coley <laughs> <laughs> oh, <I don't> <laughs> me 
you're not a tool, Coley. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I clarify. can't be a tool, but that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> so, Posey, you're on Dubsado. Coley, you're on Dubsado. Who else uses Dubsado? I have just switched I back do. to Dubsado. I do. I'm Dubsado. Yep, I'm Dubsado, too. And Coley and I just finished our... Um, the uh, onboarding or offboarding, whatever call, so that I can now be off the training wheels and Woo-hoo. do it on my That's own. So awesome. <laughs> I, I wanted to say, to as far as the contact form goes, I took it to the next level and added, I make people sign. So I make people talk to me on the phone, which a number of you do as well. I make people um, schedule their phone call when they fill out their contact form now. I did me that too. too. Oh my God, it's such a, it's so great. Well, like, one. So now I get the confirmation that somebody contacted me and that I'm scheduled to talk to them and I don't even, ha- you know, I mean, obviously yeah. the auto email still goes saying I got your email. and. Um, but then you but have all their information hooked up with that phone great. call. So when you go Except to have that phone you call, you like, you have a phone call scheduled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, then yeah, you that's set up the yeah, that's it. how Coley set me up too, guys. And it was like, um, I, I, this, because I started a new website, I did it all. I did it all. Like new website, new CRM, new way of approaching things. And I think eliminating that step, even though it makes me nervous because I haven't done it yet, um, as in like I have yet for someone to still go into my calendar, write the right. form, and then now it's going to, I'm so afraid that's going to pop up on my calendar and I'm going to miss it or something. But um, yeah. it's all set up and ready to go. And I'm excited that a whole step is eliminated. See, Mary, yeah. that's where you could set up Zapier to z- text you when somebody sets yep, up yep, a phone yep. call. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, I Good point. I need to set it up to text my And Posey, answer. I'm on your website now. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. You did this all by yourself. <laughs> I know. I know. Thank you. Um, Anami, what do you use for a CRM? I'm on Tave, um, and I am 100% uh, like on Team Dubsado, except that I haven't actually switched over. I, I like <laughs> I see all the benefits, and I would switch over, um, but with as much data as I have, and as sort of automated as everything is, um, Pretty Forms just doesn't like outweigh all of that for me at this point. So, but yeah, totally. if I had to, if I were to make a recommendation, I would just say. Go that way. And Jess, what do you use? Um, I'm the I'm in the same boat as Anami. I use um, Irisworks, and honestly, I just don't. I mean, I I would like to switch. I'm tapped out with the idea of switching softwares and having to learn a new thing and blah blah blah. So what I did do because I've been really disappointed in the booking features of Irisworks and the limitations of it. Um, so I am in. I just started the transition of um, phasing out my booking through Irisworks and actually doing it through Acuity instead. So that's over, like, that's like the next four weeks of doing that. Um, I also do schedule a call. Like, so on my website, there's no form. It's just, it goes straight to my phone call calendar. I don't, I don't even mess with a form. Hey guys, we have a question. So um, Megan, I see you raising your hand. I have 17 hats. I've used it forever. So I have tons of information in it. I was wondering with Dubsado, do they either offer any help with transitioning over, like trans transitioning all of your information, and or do you have to just like start over from scratch? They do. So, they, I will say this, and Coley can uh, chime in because she knows more specifics. But I just 
got my migration uh, completed. And when you sign up, it takes like six weeks for them to complete your migration. But or maybe mine just was extra long because Coley got so many com- converts after the family narrative. <laughs> but, um, but they don't. So they don't transfer your email templates or your workflows, but they transfer all your client information, okay. which is the biggest thing. What else, sure. Coley? Am I missing so something? Honestly, can we just take like a two minute pause? Because Posey, you're you're one of my only clients that's ever done that. So when you got them to transfer your client data, like after you set up all of your workflows, did they apply the workflows based on where your client was in Studio Ninja? No, no, no. They, okay. Um, so I, because I switched like early in the year, I didn't have too many open jobs. Okay. So I kind of, so I kept like a few things just open in Studio Ninja to complete them. Like if I had already shot it or whatever. Yep. I very early in the switch to Dubsado switched my intake form. So any new contacts were yep. coming in through Dubsado. Right. And then the only, like as older clients contacted me and wanted to set up a session, like they weren't already in there as my contacts. So I had to add them. But now that it's migrated, everybody's in there. But no open jobs are tra- like they don't do any of that. Interesting. Okay, so Megan, let me they answer can't your... because it's just so different. Like well, it is, but it, yeah. Well, I don't necessarily agree with that. But Megan, <laughs> let me answer your actual question. What I tell my people to do is, Posey took my class, and Mary had me set her account up. Okay. We set up how you want your workflows and your automation to go in the new system in Dubsado. Okay. And then I suggest that you go to your old CRM and you specifically transfer the jobs that maybe someone paid for that you haven't done yet. Right. But as Posey said, Dubsado will transfer your client data, but they don't go as deep as transferring your client and then like setting them up where they were previously. Now, I have a video that tells people how to do that. So, you know, if you have a client that paid you for a session in June. Yeah. And you transfer them now, you would take the workflow that you set up that I give you and you would apply it and you would just remove the steps that already happened. But right. it is. And you can add a paid invoice. Like you can put an invoice yes. in and put that they paid you already. Right. Um, it, I yeah. always suggest that people hire a VA to do that. Like yeah, if it totally. is really that you have a lot of data. It would be so much. It would be, I mean, because I'm a newborn photographer, so I do have a lot of bookings that are, I'm booking into November right now. So it's overwhelming to think about trying to transfer all of that over. I understand. I would almost suggest, like, if you, do you have an assistant, Megan? I do not. Okay, can we just say that Megan has, like, (laughs) six six children and an incredibly busy business? (laughs) Um, that's a whole so, conversation. My CRM, uh, that's our next topic. My CRM is my assistant. And I, I think that's why. So I love 17 hats. It's been great. But I I don't like that it's not pretty. It's not yeah. pretty. And you don't get the same level of automation in 17 hats. But I just want to put one other thing out there. Yeah. Because even though I am a CRM guru now, I was not when I switched to Dubsado. I mean, you know, I knew what I was doing. Yeah. But I actually paid for Tave for an entire year. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I switched to Dubsado just to make sure that, you know, it was a good decision and that I was going to like it over there. So if you are booking that far in advance, 
Yeah. I would just, if you made the decision to switch, and it doesn't even have to be Dubsado, I'm just saying any other CRM in general. Sure. What I would do is I would start setting it up to where every single new client came in then. Right. And then you can kind of phase your client out in your yeah. own CRM as they go. I want to jump in and just ask a quick poll as we sort of wrap up chatting about CRMs if we're moving on to the next topic, because we're talking about like changing CRMs and all this sort of stuff. And Posey had said something about like when she, I didn't get a CRM until later in my business, just like Posey. But now when I'm talking to people, even if they're super early in their business and they don't have a lot of income and they're, my recommendation is that it is like, great. You want to open up shop as a photographer? Start this now. Would you guys agree with that, or do you have a different take? One hundred percent. Absolutely. I do the same. Yeah. It's so much okay. easier to jump right into that and get that organized. It'll make you feel like the value in your business faster. I think. Just yeah. Because you see where your I, time's going. <laughs> and I think that your clients very quickly, when you do get them, <laughs> will yeah. start to see. I mean, it, it helps me run a much more professional business. And from like the minute that I learned what it was and how to use it, it just changed everything. Exactly. Totally. Um, so I'm going to move us on to our next topic. It's going to be kind of a two-parter. It's outsourcing, studio managers, assistants, kind of goes with what we were just talking about a little bit. Who wants to jump in first and talk about what kind of things they outsource, um, if they have assistants, anything like that? Yeah, I, I just hired someone, um, but we are early in the training process. So right now I'm trying to get her up to speed on Dubsado and Flowdesk and um, PickTime and all, you know, all the, the tools I use because she's not a photographer. But as far as what I'm going to have her do, I listened to your podcast with Anami, Amy, and was like, <laughs> okay, I have to do this. I, I've known I needed to do this, but now I really need to do it. <laughs> um, but uh, we're so early in the stages of like, I mean, I know that what I'm going to do is write newsletters, but have them, have her make them look pretty and okay. like manage my back end of Dubs Auto and, you know, help get me up to speed each week on what I have booked that weekend, which is something you said you did with yours. Oh, it's a, yeah. Um, it was like a needed thing for me. Yeah. And managing my calendar, just all those kinds of like, because I don't like you, I didn't want to outsource editing. I actually enjoy editing and I, I'm just not interested in outsourcing it for the most part. So the idea that I could outsource everything else <laughs> was like a total light bulb for me. Yeah. I mean, like when I worked as a studio manager, like before I became a photographer, that was one thing my boss always told me. She's like, I'm finding the things that I love to do and that I'm finding somebody else to do all the other things. Because she was a mom, she shot weddings all year round, all over the country, and she was getting so burnt out. And then when she had me take over the studio manager side of things, she's like, this is something I don't find joy in, so I'm not going to do it. Right. <laughs> and she did that for multiple things. Like she got somebody to come help clean her house once a, once a month or like other things that she didn't find joy in and wanted to rather spend time with her kid. Those were the things she outsourced. And so I'm with you. I feel like for me, editing... I do find times that I want to outsource it. Maybe it's a shoot I didn't particularly enjoy or don't really feel like exactly. editing. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I send it off and I'm like, I don't even have to look over it and mull over how much I didn't like it. I know the photos will still be great, but I don't have to put as much mind power into it. Amy, and something to add to that. Um, I have, I, you know, I'm always talking to people about, because I do, I outsource almost all of my editing to the image salon. Um, and people 
love the idea of that, but then they kind of, you know, they kind of enjoy editing a little bit and they have a hard time taking their hand off of it. Right. And like passing it off to somebody else. And I always encourage people, even if you don't think you're going to use it, get set up with the process so that if you do need it, you're ready to pull the trigger. Because if you get into busy season or you get to a session that you don't love and you don't want to edit, you can't just send it off. It doesn't work like that. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like Uh, that's kind of how I'm going to use it for sure. (laughs) I'm a image salon user as well. And just something for anybody who doesn't do that now to keep in mind is it is a process to get to that point. I mean, these girls know it's been quite a process of me having to send back multiple jobs with image salon in order to get to where I am now. And I was just telling them that this past week, um, I would finally like after multiple phone calls with people and like communication cleanup and stuff like that and refining that I finally got a job back where I was like, boom, that's it. Like, I don't have to spend another two hours in this. I was just able, and I am paying for like some custom features to make it more my style. But just keep in mind, like if you, if you have the idea of transferring or outsourcing your stuff, let's say this fall, that means that you should start that process with a company, for example, Image Salon now, in my opinion. I totally agree. Does anybody else use Image Salon in here? I do. I do. I really do. I, I to jump off what Jess was talking about really quick. Um, and also the idea of letting go of editing. So I definitely have like pride in my editing for sure. Um, and you know, some local wedding photographers, now that I don't do wedding, you know, they're like, Oh, could, will you edit my stuff? You know, and I'm like, Oh no, I don't want like 10 hours in editing. I like editing. I just don't want to be doing the monotonous part of it. So what I've done recently, and it's been a game changer and also gives me consistency with image salon is that I do outsource <clears throat> the job, but prior to I've done the, all, all the onboarding and everything. But what I do is I actually, I'll go within the job in every different lighting scenario, maybe not every, but you know, a good, um, a good handful of maybe about 15 to 20 photos. Um, I will edit one of each, you know, bedroom or nursery or wherever I am, um, I will edit one of them to what I think is my level of, you know, 100%, I would deliver this image. Um, and then I send it off. So I still have my hands in it. I'm still showing what I want. And it's really nice for my editor because she's able to look at it and be like, oh, okay, she's changing it up just a little bit on this one. Maybe it's a little more moody. And she matches the rest of them to those. So then when I receive it back, I rarely have, I've actually never had to, um, I've never had to return or uh, bounce back or, you know what I'm saying? Like the actual yeah. <laughs> uh, Lightroom um, to my editor, because I'm just like, and I'm also gotten to the point too, where, okay, maybe it's not a hundred percent. It's about 82% there. And I'll go and I'll quick, you know, as long as it doesn't take me more than about 30 to 45 minutes to, by the time I it, get it, fix it, and send it off to the client in pick time. So anyway, I hope that helps. It's like, you can still have your hands in editing is my point, and like, but you can outsource the rest. Does that make sense? I, Mary, I do it sense. just like you. Um, Mary, yeah. I do it just like you. I still touch every image when it comes back from the image salon, but I can send out, I can finish a gallery of 100 plus images in like 20 minutes because the touching is like very little. So I still have my hand on it. I still put finishing touches but it's quick 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 it still has saved me hours and hours i mean you guys are real generous 
I got a 10 minute rule. If it takes me more than 10 minutes with a session, I send it back. <laughs> like I just, I want very minimal, but the other, yeah, but Coley, your to... gallery, aren't your galleries huge because they're of the documentary. Yeah, yeah. That's the difference. That's the difference. You've got a ton more. If I was a wedding photographer, I would be, a, I wouldn't be as generous with my time, you know, like the big image, the huge galleries, you know, you do totally. want it to be more consistent. Yeah, no. And just so that everybody knows, once you, once you set up your profile or whatever, any session that you feel like you need to give them additional information, there's always a button that you can click and it will allow you to request a call with your editor at any time when you send in a, an image, uh, a new gallery. So like if I do a, I don't know if I've done a full day in the life and there was just something that was really tricky, like we were at the pool or they have an awesome, an awful green room that was, you know, giving me color cast or whatever. You can request a phone call so that you can give them specific guidance and actually watch them edit a few if you'd like for that specific gallery before they move on to actually do the entire gallery. Coley, I didn't realize it. That's cool. I want to do that. <laughs> yeah. On the second, it's on the second screen. So after you fill out everything and then you hit okay, and then it gets to the part where it asks you for the file at the very top, there's just a thing that says, would you like to schedule a call with your editor about this session? Very and you cool. just click yes. Awesome. I was <laughs> going to say, I, you guys all use the image salon. It sounds like I just have an editor um, who I found on Upwork, which is like a, you know, an Oh, I've done that before too. Yeah. Yeah. And I found her years ago. And, um, you know, so it's an individual, which comes with pros and cons. It's cheaper than working with um, the image salon. But of course, she quit on me at any time. <laughs> um, and then I wouldn't have anyone, I would have to run to the image salon, I guess. Um, and, but it's nice, because, you know, having worked with her for years and years, I sent her a gallery, she usually, I mean, it's a family gallery. So we're talking about 40 years. 50 images, I get them back the next day. And, you know, sometimes I make little tweaks, whatever, but it's, it's very easy and, and quite done. That's um, awesome. Yeah, I was so gonna I mean, say, so, oh, I'm sorry, I was gonna say, I've made a list of the things that you guys have talked about that you do outsource. And I'd love to like, read that when you say after you say what you're saying, Amy, so that oh, we can I was see just gonna anybody... say we should go around and see if there's anything else that people outsource that we oh. wanted to raise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say thus far, we've talked about um, editing, uh, having a studio manager, um, Mary mentioned a housekeeper, just as sort of a side note. Um, but yeah, definitely accounting slash bookkeeping for me. Mm -hmm. um, and then SEO is a is a big one that I think, you know, it doesn't have to be done constantly. But that is the sort of thing that makes me want to stab my eyeballs out. And um, <laughs> I think that's a great thing. Because it really does like bring money directly to your business. I'm going to plug Sarah Landa because she's listening. Mm -hmm. in, um, she's awesome. She does Hi, SEO and um, it is the best investment in your business. Total game changer. Sarah, I've been eyeing your profile ever since Posey mentioned you on TFN, just like saving my money so I can hire you. Um, one thing that I think uh, especially newer photographers hesitate on, and we may have varying opinions here, but I am a huge advocate of have a professional do your website instead of trying to fumble through it and then have to get a new website like a year later. Agreed. <laughs> I think having it done by somebody who knows what the heck they're doing um, in a lot of ways, not just like optimization, but layout and um, really making things 
like your vision come to life makes such a huge difference difference from the get-go. Um, and so many people are like, oh, but there's so many free ways to do it and I'll fumble through it and I'll figure it out and I'll watch YouTube and that's great and all. But uh, at the end of the day, you're going to end up hiring somebody anyway when your business <laughs> takes off. So like, just do it from the start. <laughs> and I mean, as much as I talk about how much I love CRMs and I think everyone should have one, um, a website is really like the most basic thing that everybody needs and it needs to be functioning. It needs to have a way for people to contact you and it has to be like SEO good so that random strangers can Google and find you and come to your website because that's how you present yourself to the world. I mean, there's Instagram, there's Facebook. I personally don't book anybody from social media, so maybe that's why I'm biased. <laughs> but I mean, a good website is definitely worth its worth its weight in gold. Yeah. And as like, we are visual artists and I feel like your website needs to play that role. Like somebody needs to land on it and be visually inspired and want to go further. There's nothing worse than landing on a small business website and being like, is this real? What is this? What's happening here? How do I contact that. them? Where are they? <laughs> I can't believe how many photographers don't have where they are located on their website. I was just thinking that the other day too. I was trying to find some new people to refer up here and I was having such a hard time figuring out where actually they live. And on Instagram, like how easy is that? That should be one of the things in your profile and it's missing all the time. Yeah. I Runs this, to check I do a Instagram. Lot of I do a lot of websites reviews and I would say the number one mistake that people make is not telling me where they live or where they, you know, based. And some people would say like, well, I will do anywhere in the world. Well, yeah, that's great. But let's be honest, like you have like a home base. Where are you located? Where is like 80% of your work coming from? That is kind of like the, the main city that you need to be showcasing on your website. Exactly. Um, so with that, we have about five minutes left. Um, I was just going to have us all go around real quick and talk about maybe your favorite education platform that you have liked to use for photography education or a photography community. Um, we can keep it kind of short and sweet. Um, and we might have to do a part two of this to get into everything else we had on our list. I know this is going to sound probably like I'm cheesy or tooting some, the family narrative horn, but I am. Um, the family narrative. <laughs> Toot away, uh, Amy. I mean, uh, the family narrative. Is, I'll let you, Anami and Posey, to talk more about it. But I am, I'm obsessed. Um, ever since I, I always wanted to go about four years ago. Finally, then three years ago, finally got a ticket, uh, and I've gone every year since. And it has changed. I probably would have quit my this job. Um, and without it, without the community, without the knowledge, without the education, without even, I remember leaving the first family narrative and thinking, I feel like I finally have a voice of my own a community. I had a direction for my business and I felt good about it. I felt that the, all the education that has come with it, I swear to God, from the first family narrative, I still haven't done things from the first family <laughs> narrative in all my notes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I still have my booklets from yes, I have New all Orleans. Booklets, all, I have everything, and uh, and I will continue. I'm I'm definitely. Um, it has changed my business. It's changed my life. I have some of the best friends of my life from there. So um, I'm just so grateful. So if you guys don't know what the family narrative is, um, go to their Instagram or website and um, check it out. It's amazing. I'm gonna make one of them talk about it now because I was gonna say this exact same thing. So go ahead, Posey on me. <laughs> I was just going to say that's so validating because that's really what we set out to do ultimately. 
Uh, yeah, the family narrative is now in its sixth year. We have been running a small conference for family photographers, um, focused sort of equal parts on the art and business side. But I would, when we first put it together, that's what we said. But I would say now we basically do sort of a three-way combo of art, business, and community. And it's been amazing. So we started out with just doing annual in-person retreats. Um, and then last year, we added an online membership portion. And in 2021, in February, we had what would normally have been our in-person retreat we did virtually. And um, yeah, it's, it is a, it's a great community. And it's, um, if you're interested in sort of learning more about that, you can go to thefamilynarrative.com or you can just come hang out with us on the gram at the Family I, Narrative. Uh, just to throw out another, <laughs> another opinion, um, not a specific platform, but I'm a huge advocate for small, intimate workshop settings um, where it's, you know, two or three days with a group of like 15 or less people. They're really, really expensive, but they're always... Um, super life-changing. Like you get your money back and then some, even though they're a really big investment, you make great friends and you walk away with a really, 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 really intimate experience. So um, I always really encourage people to invest in one of those uh, as soon as they can. Awesome. And Posey, you have a class on Illuminate, right? Yep. I have a class on Illuminate on running a family business. Um, Anami has a class through her own website um in the podcast and of course i am constantly plugging Polly's devs auto class <laughs> and sabrina has a club course as well on the organized photographer correct i do i'll just add that um i am a huge fan of brooke schultz's uh workshop that she's done too i've attended that actually coley and i that's where we met and i think that's a really great experience if you want an in-person workshop too i didn't know that's where you guys met that's fun yeah Mm-hmm. Be truthful. It's because you can't imagine me wanting to shoot film like that. It's <laughs> 100% Coley. Yeah, I was just going to say, I don't necessarily have another course or um, platform to plug, but just once again to say that um, running a business can be so overwhelming. And there are so many, you know, our topic today was business tools. And if anybody listening is sort of at the beginning and they're trying to get a grip on all this stuff, number one, like this is a, <laughs> this will not all happen at the same time. And it's not going to feel like it's all lined up. Like we kind of build these spider webs in our businesses and over time you will like figure out what's working for you. It's kind of like if you have ever had the experience of being a new parent and a thousand people come and tell you like, oh, you need this for your baby and you need this for your baby and you need this. And like eventually you get a bunch of stuff and some of it works and some of it doesn't, whatever. Like the same goes for your business. And it's, you know, you have to just kind of give yourself the grace that there will be some money that you waste and there will be some things that feel harder than they should. But like you do have to kind of dive in and try them. And I feel like, if I were recommending places to spend your dollars before everything else, I would suggest that CRM thing, the website thing is like kind of a no brainer at all. And then I would say before anything else, bells and whistles, that education is where it's at in terms of um, dollars well spent. Just be careful about your dollars. <laughs> Amen. I agree. I agree. I totally <laughs> agree. Yes. 
that is everything we have time for today. We might have to kind of push some of these other topics to another time. But thanks for joining everybody. If you are, if you guys want to go around really quick and say where you guys can be found, speakers. Um, so if anybody here wants to reach out to you with other questions, um, go ahead and start, Sabrina. Um, okay, so I pretty much live on the gram uh, at Sabrina Gebhardt Photography. That's where I am most of the time. Awesome. And Jess? Same, same. Uh, Jess Kaler. If you go to my profile on this, it links right to Instagram, which is majority of where I'm where I'm active as well. Um, you can find me. I'm Amy. I'm at kinship.photo on Instagram. That's probably the easiest way to find me as well. Posey? <laughs> A Posey Quarterman on Instagram, or actually it's Posey Quarterman Photography, but if you type P-O-S-Y-Q, it'll take you to me. <laughs> All right, on to me. If you want to find me on Instagram, it's at this can't be that because my business is this can't be that hard, but somebody else took that Instagram handle. <laughs> uh, Mary? Um, you can find me. Um, it's Mary Otanias. If you just spell O T A N E Z, like my last name, I'm the only one out there. <laughs> All right. You can also find me on the dance floor, interpretive dancing. Ooh, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Mary, I feel like we need a reel of this happening. Coley. Um, I'm at Coley James on Instagram. Uh, thanks, thanks, everybody. everybody. Bye. Thanks, Bye. 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 Happy Friday. So there you have it. If you're not on Clubhouse yet, this is basically the way it works. Sometimes people talk over each other and sometimes somebody has a bad connection, but you know, sometimes you learn cool stuff and get to chat with new people. And if you liked what you heard, I hope you join us live sometime soon. We are on there every other Friday. And if you follow me either on Clubhouse or in particular on Instagram stories, you'll get reminders when we have one of those chats coming up. And speaking of reminders, if you are a photographer looking to improve your business, whether by increasing your profitability or streamlining your workflow or improving the experience you give your clients, I want you to take 90 minutes out of your busy schedule this week and sign up to learn about the simple sales system, which let's be honest, <laughs> is about more than just sales. It's about running your business instead of letting your business run you. It's about creating the workflow of your entrepreneurial dreams, and it's about giving every single client you work with a rave-worthy experience that will bring them back again and again and have your phone ringing off the hook with high-quality referrals. I teach the whole thing in an on-demand masterclass, and it's all available online, so be sure to check that out. You can get it at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash simple. I hope you guys have a great week. Well, that's it for this week's episode of This Can't Be That Hard. I'll be back same time, same place next week. In the meantime, you can find more information about this episode, along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash learn. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by leaving a review in iTunes. And as always, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.